Stephen Chidwick and David Peters are two titans of poker who have almost $100 million in total caches between the two of them. And today at the US Poker Open, they're going to clash in a $25,000 buy-in tournament at the final table as the two big stacks. Wow. Chidwick, all in. He's tanking. You don't want to be wrong here and bust yourself. Boy, look at Chidwick. This is brutal. Three minutes of sitting there with eight high, praying that Peter's hand will hit the buck. And we're gonna see if Peter's can sniff out a gigantic bluff that Chidwick decides to run on him. Let's get right to it. Peter's limping and Chidwick with 8-4 suited, raises it up, and could this be an example of limping, under-repping, and 3-betting for Peters? We know he's not going away, but Ace-4, not the strongest of aces. It, it's not. It's. I think it's a little weak. Um, a little better. You know, he's got up to 40 big blinds now. Also, he has to keep in mind winter. When you are playing at the final table as the middle stack, you are highly incentivized to play small and medium pots against the players who can bust you. And in this hand, we have Sean Winters already folded, and David Peters has a very playable hand, ace four offsuit from out of position. He can't just fold it and give the chips to Chidwick, so he has to figure out a way to play this hand profitably. If he raises and gets re-raised, he has to fold, right? So that's annoying. But if he limps, he can very easily call a raise. So David Peters with his medium stack decides to limp and then call. Now I fully realize Stephen Chidwick only has a few more chips than David Peters, only about 10 big blinds more, but that 10 big blinds does matter, especially when if Chidwick does lose a ton of chips, he'll still have 10 big blinds and he'll be in okay shape against Sean Winter, whereas if Peters loses a gigantic pot, his entire stack, he's out in third. So this is a spot where Peters is highly incentivized to be very tight and cautious, and Chidwick, on the other hand, is incentivized to be loose and aggressive. So we see him raising a hand, 8-4 of clubs, which is normally a hand they can just check and see the flop very happily. But in this scenario, if he does get limp shoved, then, you know, whatever, he can just easily fold. And what's usually going to happen is Peters is either going to fold immediately or he's going to call the raise and then end up check folding far too often after the flop, which is going to let Chidwick very nicely chip up and continue building his chip lead. So... This is a spot where Peters is going to limp a ton. Chidwick's going to raise a ton. Peters is going to call sometimes, and then we're going to see the flop, and that's exactly what happens this time. Has just 13 right. big blinds, so it would be sure. it would be a, a bit aggressive to go all in with this ace four. I think he, he could squeeze in a smaller three bet. I don't know how much of a fan I am of that though. He'd be putting in so much of his stack. Well, Chidwick, Jeremy has not flopped a pair. However. He has flopped a flush draw. 10 seconds. Check. The flop comes queen, nine, seven, two clubs, giving David Peters nothing and Stephen Chidwick a flush draw. Peters checks and Chidwick makes an interesting play of checking behind. I'm kind of surprised he checked behind here because I would think that he just wants to bet and make Peters fold out, ace high, king high, random hands that have perhaps just a gut shot only etc. But he decides to check it back. And I suppose checking it back makes sense 
if he thinks that most of Peter's limping and calling range is going to be middle suited connected hands, which are going to have something on this queen nine seven flop. So this is a situation where if Peter's is limping and calling a bunch of like ace high and king high and middle suited connected hands, it probably makes sense to bet. But if he is very weighted towards the middle suited connected hands, then Chidwick definitely doesn't want to bet because Peter's is going to have a whole lot of top pairs, middle pairs, and draws. So interesting spot where Chidwick's strategy will depend a ton on Peter's range because Chidwick really does not want to get check raised in this scenario at all. And if you give Peter's a decent draw or a decent strong mate hand in the spot, he may just plow the money in. So check, check. Let's see what happens on the turn. <laughs> it goes check, check, and an ace on the turn as Peter's. Gonna feel a lot more comfortable about what unbeknownst to him was the best hand on the flop. We might see Chidwick take a stab here. He, he would be checking back a good share of aces. He doesn't have any showdown value. So this card is a good one to represent. But not what he's looking for in this scenario. The hand he's trying to represent, Peter holds in, yep. in his hand. And it's going to be a flat call all day, right? Yeah. No sense in bloating the pot, potentially getting yourself moved off of this ace four. Five seconds. You may be surprised to see David Peters not bet when he turns top pair, but this is a situation where he should be checking a ton. Because if you think about the hands that Chadwick will really want to check behind on the flop, it's going to be a lot of ace highs, which just made top pair. And Peters is not so worried about Chidwick having the top pair, but it's a spot where most of Peters' range is going to be way worse than top pair, even though he happens to have it this time. So this is definitely a spot for Peters to check with his entire range, I think. I don't think he gets to bet in this scenario very often at all. And then Chidwick decides to bluff, using a pretty big size, which I think he definitely should do. He has the eight high, but plenty of equity at this point. And if Peters doesn't have a pair or a decent draw, he's going to let it go. So he goes for the big bet. Back around to Peters. I think it's just an easy check and call. Planning to check and call most rivers. Uh, you may wonder why Peters is not going to put in a check raise immediately because he probably has the best hand. The thing is that if he check raises and Chidwick folds, well, he definitely had the best hand. But he lets Chidwick fold out a hand that has almost no equity. And if he does get action in this spot, he's going to be against a better made hand or a very high equity draw, which is awful for Peters, especially when he really, really, really doesn't want to get broke because Sean Winter is sitting over there with a shallow stack. So this is a spot where Peters is going to check the turn the majority of the time. Chidwick's going to bet very often with a lot of hands here, because if you think about it, Chidwick's going to bet a lot of his decently strong hands on the flop. So when he does get to the turn, he's either going to have an ace or he's going to have nothing or some junky draw. And if he has an ace, he really wants to bet the turn to get money in the pot. And if he has nothing, he is going to use this as an excellent bluff card. So this is a spot where Chidwick's going to bet the turn very frequently. Back to Peters. Easy call. Let's go to the river. Another 650 into the middle after that call. And the river is a 10. Check. Quick check from Peters. We could definitely see a bluff from Chidwick here. Obviously, he has zero showdown value. He repped the strength pre-flop. He can have 
all these big pairs, whereas Peters really doesn't have any of them ever. Um, he does have the eight blocker to a straight, which he is going to oh, have occasionally. Oh. Wow. Chidwick, all in. The river's a 10. Very, very easy check for David Peters. Looking to check and call in reasonable bets. Let's just collect a medium pot and move on to the next hand. But then Chidwick rips it in for about two times the size of the pot. Ooh, he knows how to get it done. All right, being second in chips here and knowing that Chidwick understands ICM spots incredibly well, what do you think should happen to Peter's calling range in the spot? Should he call with a wider range of hands, knowing that Chidwick is very likely to overbluff? Should he call tighter because, well, ICM exists and he really wants to outlast Sean Winter, or should it not matter all that much? I want you to pause the video and let me know what you think David Peters should do to his calling range, how he should adjust it. Let me know in the comment section down below. This is a terrible spot for David Peters. And look, I've played with Stephen Chidwick enough to know that he just might overbluff in these spots. It's a tough thing to say because obviously Stephen Chidwick's one of the best players in the world, but if you've played with him, he does a lot of applying of aggression, especially in spots where he knows you are incentivized to be tight. So look, against someone like Chidwick, he's gonna maximally apply pressure here. And I think if anything, that should make you err towards finding a big call. It's an annoying spot. Yeah, Sean Winter gets uh, second place for free some portion of the time, but when you call and win, you're gonna win this tournament a gigantic portion of the time because in this spot, Peters will have 5.5 million chips or something like that, or 5 million chips, whatever it is. He'll have a whole lot of chips compared to two, you know, 10 or 12 big blind stacks. So this is a spot where, look, I realize it's really, really easy for Chidwick to have backdoored himself into a straight or random two pair or something like that. But if you give him a, a random junky hand that decided to not bet the flop that has no showdown value at all, I have to presume Chidwick may just drastically overbluff in the spot. So if he is going to drastically overbluff, you should adjust and you should be overcalling. And I think top pair, no club blocker, no uh, random busted straight blocker is probably an okay hand to go with it. When I say busted straight blocker, I mean uh, no card that makes it to where Chidwick could easily have a busted straight draw. That said, it's kind of a weird concept here because like, do you want to have a jack in your hand here to call? Because you block the straight, which is a good reason to call, but you also block the random uh, jack four that may decide you're on the bluff because they know now that you're less likely to have random straights and whatnot. So it's kind of a weird spot where I'm not sure that how the straight blockers play into this, but you definitely don't want to have a club to call. And well, if you look at Peter's hand, he has no clubs. So... Weird spot. Let's see what Peters does. I'm going to presume, by the way, whatever Peters does is right. And this is a, an example of him putting max pressure because, uh, partly because Winter has 13 big blinds. So it just applies even more pressure to Peters. It, it is a tough spot. It, it's hard to fold top pair. The board is very coordinated. Obviously, there's lots of straights, tons of two pairs. Extension. Are we going to see a triple extension? We are. Ooh, don't know. I've seen a triple extension. Never. First one, right? First one I have ever seen. I don't blame him. This is a triple extension spot. I mean, if you just think about it, you limp and call a raise, it's hard to imagine what the guy could have that doesn't have decide it has showdown value, checks the flop, 
Boy, look at Chidwick. This is brutal. Three minutes of sitting there with eight high. Praying that Peter's hand will hit the muck. Twenty seconds left. No more time extensions. I'm gonna lead lean towards Peter's calling. That, that's my guess. Ten seconds. Just from what I've seen from him in the past. Five. He lays down the winner. Peters makes the fold. He is right, I presume. I would have been wrong. I mean, look. <laughs> I've, I've made some ICM punts in my life, and uh, this might have been one where I found the call and I would have worked out for me. But I realize it's immense pressure deep in a $25,000 buy-in tournament, three-handed, with a short stack. If there's ever a spot where you're going to find a fold with the top pair facing a 2x pot bet, this is it. But at the same time, Stephen Chidwick likes to bluff. So, uh... Rough spot. David Peters folded, and this time it did not work out. Sometimes it's not going to work out, and that is a-okay. It's tough to sleep at night when you make a bad fold. That's going to be it for the day. I hope you enjoyed this video. Good luck in your games. Have fun. When your loose, aggressive, borderline maniacal opponent puts all their money in in a spot where you are highly incentivized to fold, maybe you should call. And, you know, worst case, you take third place. If you enjoyed this video, click the like and subscribe buttons below. Click the notification bell. Thank you for being here. Run hot, and I'll talk to you next time.